Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. Enel X to install 5 megawatts solar and storage microgrid for Eaton in Puerto Rico. Dominica government targets 17% reduction in transportation greenhouse gas emissions by 2030. St. Kitts and Nevis establishes diplomatic relations with Burkina Faso and Barbados Ministry of Health to unveil guidance on safety zones as Delta surge drags on. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 12th. We start our report today in Puerto Rico. Renewables Now reports that global power management solution provider Eaton Corporation plans to install a solar plus storage microgrid at its circuit breakers factory in Las Pedras, Puerto Rico, in an effort to relieve the grid and ensure that its operations are powered with renewable and resilient energy systems. The company has partnered with NLX, the advanced energy services business of Italian electric utility Enel Spa on the project to integrate close to 5 megawatts of solar power and around 1.1 megawatts of battery storage into the factory's on-site power generation system. Enel X said that it has signed the agreement with Eaton to build, own, and operate the microgrid on the customer's behalf. And LX will also finance the project under the energy as a service model, while Eaton will provide installation expertise and key technologies for the microgrid system. Once in operation, the solar and storage facility will allow Eaton to produce, store, and consume renewable power and also export the energy to the local grid. The Las Piedras project reunites XNL X and Eaton, which struck an agreement last year to install a similar solar plus storage microgrid scheme at Eaton's factory in Arecibo in Puerto Rico. Both Las Pedras and the Arecibo microgrid are designed to hurricane code in Puerto Rico and will be capable of withstanding Category 5 strength hurricane force winds, NLX said. By 2020, Eaton's two microgrids will deliver 10 megawatts of solar power and 2.23 megawatts of battery storage in Puerto Rico. Dominica News Online reports that Dominica's parliamentary secretary in the Ministry of Tourism, International Transportation and Maritime Initiatives, Shakira Lockhart-Hippolyte, has identified the transportation sector in Dominica as the biggest emitter of greenhouse gases in the country. Lockhart-Hippolyte, who represented the tourism minister Denise Charles, made the statement while delivering remarks earlier this week at the Low Carbon Transportation National Consultation, which, according to her, is part of a strategy to attain climate resilience in Dominica by working towards the reduction of emission of greenhouse gases. The project was delivered with the partnership of Gutter Consulting and made possible through the the financing support of green climate funds. 
The consultation was organized by the Ministry of Economic Affairs, Planning, Resiliency and Sustainability Development with the aim of examining the feasibility of the following low-carbon transportation options for non-motorized vehicles, transit-oriented development, and micro-mobility schemes, including shared mobility. The transportation sector in the Commonwealth of Dominica is the biggest emitter of greenhouse gases as identified in Dominica's second national communication submitted in 2014 to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. Lockhart Hippolyte said, among other things, the national communications measures emissions by each sector in the country and develops measurable targets for reductions in these emissions. Noting that not only is the transportation sector the largest greenhouse gas emission source, but it is also growing. She revealed that the government has committed to reduce greenhouse gas emissions via targets that are encapsulated in Dominica national determined contributions to the global effort at the reduction of greenhouse gases. The current target is to reduce greenhouse gas emissions from the transportation sector by 17 percent relative to 2014. Therefore, partners and stakeholders, the implementation of the national low-carbon transportation system will allow Dominica to achieve its commitments to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change. By 2030, she said, Minister of State in the Ministry of Finance, Economic Affairs and Planning, Gregory Rivera, pointed to another goal of the project, which is to transform the national transportation sector from fossil fuel to renewable energy. Since some of the deliverables from this project will include reports and financial modeling scenarios for select transportation modalities, these will represent investment opportunities to our local private sector partners, he stated. He said the government has removed all VAT and duties on the importation of electric vehicles and through my ministry, financing options for climate resilience investment is available as a result of strategic arrangements with our international partners. My View News reports that the Federation of St. Kitts and Nevis formally established diplomatic relations on October 10th with Burkina Faso and at the same time signed a full reciprocal visa waiver agreement with that country in a brief ceremony held in the margins of the 60th anniversary of the Non-Alignment Movement Summit in Belgrade, Serbia. The Honorable Mark Brantley, Minister of Foreign Affairs of St. Kitts and Nevis, signed the joint communique and full reciprocal visa waiver agreement with His Excellency Alpha Barry, Minister of Foreign Affairs for Burkina Faso. Minister Brantley remarked that today's signing is a significant one as the Federation continues its thrust to expand its diplomatic footprint, particularly in Africa. The Honorable Minister noted that 
St. Kitts and Nevis has supported Burkina Faso in the past and will continue to do so in the spirit of our mutual friendship. His Excellency Alpha Barry expressed his delight for the opportunity to meet with Minister Brantley again, as well as to take this important step in formalizing relationships between the two countries. Foreign Minister Barry said that he looks forward to working together to further strengthening relationships between Burkina Faso and St. Kitts and Nevis. Burkina Faso is a landlocked country in West Africa with a population of just over 21 million and is bordered by Mali to the northwest, Niger to the northeast, Benin to the southeast, Togo and Ghana to the south, and the Ivory Coast to the southwest. Burkina Faso is expected to have a GDP in 2021 of 17 billion U.S. dollars based largely on gold and other mineral deposits and hosts Africa's largest craft market. My View News also reports that at a brief ceremony in the margins of the 60th anniversary of the Non-Aligned Movement Summit, the Honorable Mark Brantley of St. Kitts and Nevis signed a visa waiver agreement with His Excellency Mr. Pancom Mubetlet Boubeya, Minister of Foreign Affairs of Gabon. St. Kitts and Nevis formalized diplomatic relations with Gabon in January 2018. This visa waiver agreement signals the two countries' strong commitment to augment economic and cultural ties that would redound to the mutual benefit of their citizens. Gabon is located on the west coast of Africa. It is rich in natural resources as the fifth largest oil producer in Africa and with 90% of its landscape covered in tropical rainforests. It is the second most forested country in the world. This has positioned Gabon to become a green superpower and a global leader in climate change mitigation. Barbados Today reports that the Barbados government is holding firm to its policy of not mandating the COVID-19 vaccine despite unprecedented spikes in death and the spread of the disease. The government on Monday night declared it's turning to safety zones in public hospitals and care centers, declaring that lockdowns won't work either. Prime Minister Mia Motley told the country during a virtual press conference that her administration had reached a stage where it had to ensure that it protected those who are taking the vaccine. Motley suggested the safe zones balance the government's duty of care to all citizens with creating a safe place for the majority of eligible people who have already taken the jab. The reality is that we are satisfied with the need now at this stage of the process of the creation of safe zones 
And what do we mean by safe zones? That we need to be able to have places where persons are either vaccinated or recently tested, she said. The prime minister said the Ministry of Health will shortly be providing guidance notes on the safety zones. The prime minister disclosed that the zones will start operating in the coming weeks among most of the vulnerable society, such as the elderly. Asked about the readiness of the digital vaccine certificates that would be used in the safe zones, Motley referred the issue to Minister of Health, Lieutenant Colonel Jeffrey Bostick, who said the process is proceeding apace. The process is ongoing, he said. The team is now about 60 persons who are actually dealing with this right now. Initially, certificates were being distributed, but we came up with a better certificate from a security perspective, one that could not be easily reproduced and one that could facilitate travel using the barcode and safety feature, which we now added to the certificate. Motley also said the mobile pop-up community vaccination team is to be resuscitated to be able to take care of people who are fearfully living in their homes. She said the safe zones option was based on the fact that the country now has almost 60 percent of eligible Barbadians vaccinated. When we get to the high number of 70 percent of persons who are eligible, then we will start to look at adjustments with further hours of restrictions and movement, the prime minister pointed out. And finally, Staybrook News reports that a Trinidadian firm is gearing up to invest in the construction and operation of a Hyatt-branded hotel in Guyana, a source close to the government revealed on Monday. While details of the development and its investors were not disclosed, the source explained to Staybrook News that the hotel will be constructed on private land at Providence East Bank Demerara. The facility will accommodate 125 rooms and amenities. Staybrook News learned that the vice president of Hyatt Hotels was in Guyana recently and approved the proposal for operations. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Tuesday, October 12th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com and follow us on Facebook.